Hello, I'm Barra and welcome to episode number six of the Who Art Thou podcast, a show where I chat to artists about who they are, what they do, and what inspires them to create the art that they make. Today, I'll be chatting with Jake Hurley, aka Local Boy, about his first forays into music, performing live for the very first time, his fantastic latest single, Al Bundy, along with his music video, and weirdly enough, what we both think about Lin-Manuel Miranda. I don't know how the conversation got there, but it's there. Jake also happens to be a major fan of a certain pop star that I am also a super fan of, but we try to keep the episode focused on his music, mostly. I had an amazing time recording this. Jake had me laughing constantly, so I really hope you enjoy it. Theme music time from Zach Stevenson. This is going to be episode six, I think. Yeah, it is. It's episode six of the Who Art Thou podcast. And today we are speaking with Local Boy, also known as Jake Hurley. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Holding it down as much as anyone is in quarantine. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, more or less the same. Uh, Trying to just keep busy, basically, and not lose my mind. Yeah. Um, It's stressful. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard these days. It is. It's more difficult than one would assume. Do you know, at the beginning of it, I uh, I genuinely was like, um, when I wasn't able to go to work or whatever, I was like, you have like three months of this. I was like, I was in my head, it was like, it'd be about three months. I was like, where you can just sit down and create stuff and just do your own shit for the first time in, the, yeah. in a while. And I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was yeah, too, oh, my was output too, is the exact same. Yeah, so, slow, so slow down compared to... Just even just trying to times. think of doing anything creative, I was just like, I just, I'm not, I'm not in it at all at the moment. Yeah, it's just, you need experiences to draw on, I guess. And it's just like, we're yeah, doing the imagine. same thing day in, day out. <laughs> we can't just think about like... You I'll can't get much creativity tea. about your uh, ceiling wall. like. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> we need some inspiration. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, we'll go with the first question. So, uh, for anybody who doesn't know your music, how would you describe it to somebody who's never heard it before? Yeah, well, I think I was asked this recently and I always like to say, I don't like to describe it just because I have that kind of classic, like Irish self-deprecation thing. I don't like to, (laughs) I don't even, I don't want to big myself up to the extent I don't even want to assign myself a genre. That feels like too much, but a lot of people put it in the bedroom pop category. I think that's pretty, pretty apt. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do yeah. make it all in my bedroom. So if we're going by location, it's certainly bedroom pop. <laughs> that's it. You make it, do you make it entirely <laughs> in your bedroom? I make it entirely in my bedroom. Yeah. And mix and master oh. it here as well. Yeah. Do you know, it was funny. Like I, I was uh, going, th- oh, sorry. This fucking Zoom lab. No, no, go on, go on. I was just saying, because it's, so it's it is annoying. Like if, if, if I could do it in person, I would, but obviously this is where we're at at the moment. But, yeah. um, I was just, I was going through kind of like your Facebook and Instagram and stuff, just trying to find pull stuff. Um, just basically ask you, obviously, for this interview. But I've known you for a while now. 
But uh, the fir- first kind of music thing that I saw you do was, do you remember that guitar video that you did with Zach? We were going through the factory on kind of like... Um, Yes. Oh my God, that's a deep cut. <laughs> that was the first yeah, kind of music thing. I think it was called thing. Baller. Yes, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Was... And I think I made that in a Boss Loop Station pedal, and I just like it was all made in the pedal, so it was, it was all one take <laughs> on everything, and I just exported it. I think I recorded it, like played right into the computer off the pedal. But I mean, it was good. I think I was probably like fifteen when I made that, or, like. 14 yeah it would have been about so it was, that it was you know it was, for, for my age i think it was a nice performance and then we're in <laughs> zach's dad's uh factory woodworkers and mount talent just going on the uh forklifts <laughs> <cetera>. <laughs> yeah no I, I just it was just it came up it was just i was just trying to find like anything at all i was like oh yeah this is good uh remember this but um like in terms of like your interest in music like where where did the initial thing for like electronic and hip hop like what were your first kind of like influences in that Yeah that's a good question I think when I started off like most kind of kids my age or most kind of edgy alternative kids I was re- pretty strictly like I I'm a rock guy that's my <laughs> identity I like to rock out and it was kind of the first, the very first thing I can remember that I enjoyed of hip hop was the Travis Barker Soldier Boy remix. Cause then oh, it kind no, of felt oh, like it had that. Travis's co sign. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm allowed to like this because there's rock involved. It was in Never Back Down, I think, the, the, the MMA film. It was in Never Back yeah. Down, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I think that was the, the first thing I liked. And then I really got into NWA uh, oh, when yeah. I was a teenager. And but in terms of actually starting to produce myself, I think uh, Jay Dilla was my big influence, and he still is to this day. He's many people in my generation, he'd be their kind of influence again to hip hop beat making, just because mm. kind of he has this like inimitable swing on the drums that's really hard to recreate. But that was kind of the goal I was always chasing to make beats in his kind of vein or in his kind of sphere, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you're making, I know you're making stuff on um, SoundCloud for ages. Um, so, but like, what was, the, what, when when did you start kind of really wanting to actually rap yourself and um, actually like play live? Like, Yeah, I guess to begin with, it was almost just a, a lack of confidence. Like I always had that desire, hmm. uh, but I just didn't like the sound of my own voice as most people don't, you know, it takes no. a while to get used to, so... I remember it's like, hearing the it's sound kind of like, for the first time. <laughs> it's hard to get used to. Yeah, that. me too. <laughs> like even here, even everyone has that visceral reaction. <laughs> I remember hearing it for the first time, nice. like being played back to me, because um, it was doing Twitch streaming at the very beginning of quarantine, and um, got hearing my voice on camera. It was just like, do I sound like that? And Hugo was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah my friend Hugo. And I was just like, How do you guys put it? That's so annoying. And it goes, and they were all like, Yeah, we've been telling you that for the past <laughs> past ten years that your voice is a pain in the hole. <laughs> and, then, and then I started. Podca- I like your voice. And then I started a podcast. Oh, thank I lo- you, Jake. I, think I like yours too. <laughs> you and me have kind of similar. You and me have kind of similar voices. Uh, range in a way. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe that's why I, I like it. Familiar. But uh, yeah, I think I think I don't know what it is. It was that kind of thing of like the first time I heard myself. It took so many recording after recording to kind of get a style of vocals out of my voice that I liked. You know Mm. what I mean? It was just kind of like experimentation. 
So I was trying that for years, but I just was uncomfortable with putting anything out without like pitch shift or some kind of effect on my voice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was basically just years of experimentation until I was like, all right, I've heard my voice enough. I'm somewhat comfortable. I'm as comfortable as I'm going to get with it. So then I kind of just decided to start rapping and singing uh, on my own beats. And as well, it was kind of just a thing of cutting out the middleman, which I like to do in all my music production. Like when yeah. I began, it was like I'd send it off to a rapper or a vocalist and, you know, they kind of mess me around or they'd say they do it, but they never get around with it. So I kind of just saw, hey, I might as well just start doing it myself, like DIY and and do vocals like they'll never be perfect but they'll be acceptable <laughs> but it must be cool because like you're in a position now with kind of the advent well not the advent but the use of the internet where you're able to kind of control your output and exactly what you want it to do like it, uh where was it going with that mm. i don't know uh <laughs> where well yeah, yeah. no just just no go on <laughs> just kind of like how it's been democratized like yeah. everybody can kind of do it to an extent yeah that's great like i think i'd never i've never been i've never enjoyed the studio experience like someone else's studio just because i'm a very like anxious guy i don't like the pressure mm. of like all eyes on you just having to get that one take so i love doing it at home in the recording process just because like there's no pressure you can literally do thousands of takes and for somebody I, i'm very obsessive when it comes to music so that's comfortable for me because I can do as many takes until I feel comfortable with it. But then the flip side of that is when I put music out, I think everyone's like this. When you put a song out, you instantly start to hear all of the flaws in it. Oh no. And then it all falls on you. I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> why didn't I change this? You know, there's nobody that I can mentally assign blame to, but yeah, myself, yeah. you know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that must be a horrible feeling. Thinking that you put something great it, and then oh, just going, oh, oh, I couldn't, oh, Jesus Christ, I couldn't stand that. <laughs> it sucks. But then I think you got to get to the stage where I just have to accept I'll never be happy fully with something I put out. Like mm. the song Al Bundy. And it's crazy because I'm so obsessive with it that once I hear like something I don't like, it's all I can hear. So yeah, I'll yeah, be getting yeah. messages like, this is great. And I'll just be like, are you hearing the same thing as me? <laughs> that like open hi-hat two minutes in is too loud. I'm the exact <laughs> How do you enjoy same. this? It's so annoying when you really, really, really like something. And like, like for instance, uh, what was the, I remember when I was really young, um, trying to get into like, uh, like metal, like I think every, most people would have like Linkin Park mm. or Metallica or something. But I never really noticed yeah. how annoying the drums were on, um, the uh, Saint Anger song. I actually thought it was fine. Oh my and- <laughs> god! So I compressed. genuinely thought it was Jeez. fine. And then somebody said it to me. Is it somebody? Because it's obviously it's a meme at this point. Like you know, Lars Ulrich drumming on. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a fucking. It's a, I was like, somebody said it sounds like a trash can going like the fucking. It the literally lids. And I can't. I can yeah. never, never hear it again. And it's the same with like um, what was it? Uh, Charlie XCX had a new song on her album. And um, it's like party for you. I love but somebody, somebody said it. Yeah, oh, I, only we're in a t-shirt of it right now. <laughs> somebody says it sounds like potty for you. <laughs> and I can't, can't. Oh see yeah, it. I, can't I only do this potty for <laughs> you. <laughs> it does. But it's funny you mentioned Saint Anger because that's like 
to comfort myself when I'm not comfortable with a mix I've did and I've put it out. I listen to Saint Anger and Californication. <laughs> and I'm like, if people enjoyed this, my mix isn't disastrous. It's still more dynamic than these two albums, you know? My mix sounds better than probably one of the most expensively made metal albums at the time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Produced. It, it's insane how that happened. And the same with Californication. Like, I think Rick Rubin mixed it. And he may have mastered it, but like, I just fucked it. I don't get how this goes through so many people, and they like it literally sounds like it's out of a phone. Just going like that. <laughs> I think it. I think it's like it's it. It must be. I don't know, but it must be kind of one of those things where you become so big that people are kind of just yeah. like afraid to tell you that it's shit. Like you know, but you're probably you're around too many must yes. Be. You're around too many yes men. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's got to be it. Well, or but, something. Yeah, I good thing yeah. you mentioned Charlie as well. Because oh, like, don't, yeah, I'm, don't I'm, get I'm me a super started, fan. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I know if you're, biggest, know I don't know if you're as big a fan as I am. But <laughs> Pro- probably not. Probably no. not. <laughs> I, I, I know. I think. I think I've. I think DeForge mentioned to me you're a you're a, you're a number one. You're you're a number oh, one you've, angel. You well. literally <laughs> no idea. I'm in her top uh, zero point zero five percent of listeners on Spotify. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember owned. What's, I remember what's to- your favorite album? Ooh, I still Pop Two. I think it's it's a mixtape, but I still think That's Pop Two favorite. is just fucking unbelievable, um, incredible, incredible piece of. I got piece it. It's like, like one of my favorite songs of all time. I got it. Yeah. Do you know um, what was it? Uh, I um, so I didn't get to see her at Electric Picnic. I was sick and couldn't go. I got a free ticket for Electric Picnic, still couldn't go. And then um, when I was away with um, Monkey she announced her tour and I was able to buy a ticket oh, for, yeah. her, for her London show for me and my sister because my sister's a huge, huge fan. And uh, mm. then I couldn't go either because um, the, the other designer that I was working with at the time, he he had to, he was going on holiday so I couldn't go. And then I got tickets again for in Berlin and I was like, I'm 100% going this time. Oh my God. And uh, yeah. I brought a, I brought a, I brought a friend of mine who just basically thought, is it, she was like, is that the boom clap girl? I was like, she, she has, she has much, she has much, much more range She's of songs wild. than just She's that. So it was like the first, she comes on, it's next level Charlie. And like, we're in, we're, we're in this Berlin and it's all men, by the way, there's no women at this concert. Um, oh, and uh, <laughs> after about, th- th- so third song was gone and she was like, oh, so it is, it's going to be these kind of pop songs. Cause gone is like, it's a pop song. But then I think, yeah. the, I think song number four was Vroom Vroom. And she was like, what the fuck is this? And then it was um, <laughs> Click. And she was like, what the hell? And I was like, I told you, she's a wide yeah. range of stuff. Do you know, I actually said to myself when I was about to do this podcast, I was like, do not bring up uh, Charlie XCX with Jake because I know you're a fan of hers because uh, we were talking yeah. about it for the whole fucking show. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did, did, uh, <laughs> no, I definitely would talk about her. Like, she's just... I no, but I'll just say one more thing on her. Actually, yeah, we'll limit ourselves. We'll we can ourselves. each say one more thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, <laughs> I think it's so inspirational, like because she was at one stage the boom clap girl. Yeah, and how she's just kind of artistically leveled up and expanded, and she's just got her own kind of sonic universe now. Like her and AG, just like amazing. It's something I definitely, if I if my music career continues, I'd I'd want to do something like that. Do a, do a complete one eighty, you know, at some mm. stage. Yeah, no, I could, I, I so couldn't couldn't agree more. Like the, I remember when I first started getting into her. This is my last thing that I'll say about her. 
when I first started getting into better, her just I thought her mu- like her music kind of opened the door for me to get into a lot of stuff because I was just listening to fucking black metal and whatever mm. all the time. Like it was never really yeah. I would never really have branched out at all. And even when I started listening to Own to Forge, mm. it was like, is this like a meme that you're doing on yourself or something? He goes, I don't get the Charlie <laughs> XCX thing. I really don't get yeah. it. But I just think just whatever she just makes super innovative. She's she's amazing. She's she's my favorite she's my favorite artist out there. I think she's just incredibly creative. Mm. Um, I can't really say anymore. But we could go on about her for a whole two hours. I'm Absolutely. not joking. Like, but uh, <laughs> this is this is your episode, Jake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm giving it up to. We're charity. here. We're here to. We're, we're here to talk control. to you. <laughs> yeah, I've seated control. I'm a number one angel. First, <laughs> <laughs> second. <laughs> All right. Uh, I can't even. I can't even remember where we jumped off. But uh, so actually, here's a question. When you when did you start playing live shows? Like when when like how and how did they go? Like the first time actually getting on stage and with people. Yeah, I my first live show ever was I was like fifteen. It was in a one of these you know kid cover bands called the Drunken Monkey, <laughs> but uh, we had an in with like our music teacher. Uh, had a band that played Wheelands, so we got to open for him in Wheelands. Is our oh, like, first gig, w- uh, so that was pretty enjoyable. Uh, first was, gig like, was Wheelands. First, <laughs> yeah, that That's was my amazing. very first like guitar playing gig. But like it was, a, it, we we're just doing shitty covers of. I think we did Superstition, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> uh, Classic. We did a song by Pink, I believe. Like it, it wasn't good, but. Um, <laughs> My first then gig, then I kind of, I, I, I stopped doing that and I didn't gig for a good few years as I was growing up. But then as I was in my early 20s, I think it's when I started with the local boy stuff. I think mm. my first gig back was Whelan's and that was just me and Sick Nanley, my, my partner in rhyme. It was just the two of us. Like yeah. I play guitar and he played drum pads. And I think we did in the Bernard Shaw, but um, I just remember well. there was like a... Hanger, I bet, see, I, you know I, better I, than me. Yeah, <laughs> Hanger was the first local boy gig officially, but that was like there was not even any instruments. I was just kind of seeing my research along. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a deep cut as well. But yeah, Hanger <laughs> was the very first, and then first with instrumentation was the Bernard Shaw. And I just remember there was a stag do in that night who were like not enjoying oh, it Jesus. at all, <laughs> just heckling us the entire performance. <laughs> oh no, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> the first one yeah jesus christ jeez oh, what bad like, time what like... baptism of fire <laughs> yeah re- yeah for sure like <laughs> and like did you have like any kind of like um like how because i've i've seen you play now and you're super confident on stage like what was it like uh, when you began were you a bit kind of anxious or whatever or is it kind of just when you get out there you're fine um yeah, it's kind of when I get out there, I'm fine. I'm incredibly anxious the day of, uh, yeah. you know, but then that definitely does just kind of leave me once I get on stage. But I'd say, yeah, it peaks like right before I walk on stage. I'm just kind of like, oh, God, this is this is terrifying. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I just love the element of performing so much that it does kind of go away. And we've had elements we've had like things go wrong in the live set, like when it was just me and Nick we'd have the laptop playing some elements of the song and we'd play along oh, to it. No. And the laptop crashed when we were opening for that Hobo Johnson man in Whelan's. Oh, and, uh, yeah, so good. we... But, like, even there, we, yeah, we you took just it in it. our stride. Like, I think... 
Yeah, I think I, I made up a song <laughs> about Hobo Johnson, <laughs> just sang about people in the crowd. And uh, it was it was all kids, too, because he had a really young fan base. So they loved it. They were like, that was fun. I felt like I was the Wiggles or something. <laughs> <laughs> the new Wiggles. Hey, don't diss the Wiggles. They're class. Oh, no, you weren't dissing them, actually. No You're praising them. Yeah. <laughs> Shout Jerry, out the Wiggles. Shout out the Wiggles. Do you, you know what I, I do love? If you ever see the people, the videos on YouTube where it's the Wiggles performing, and then the crowd is just a massive circle pit. <laughs> they're fake now, yeah. but they're, they're <laughs> so good. Like Woodstock '99 <laughs> with the Wiggles. Then change them smoking a blunt and then going on stage. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like you were saying that you make um, like the songs in your bedroom. Like, what would be kind of like the creative process you have towards making? Like, do you do like the beat and then write, or is it kind of just a meld of both? Um, yeah, I definitely do the music first, yeah, and then the lyrics. But otherwise, it's pretty varied. Uh, usually, I do like to start with drums, I think, um, and then melody. And oftentimes, I'll just be playing around with like an acoustic guitar, and I'll come up with like a series of chords or whatever, and I'll want to to lay that down over drums. Um, so that's basically it. But yeah, it's always music first, then lyrics. Like I'd never, I hear some people write the lyrics and put music to the lyrics but that's just so alien to me like i couldn't imagine yeah. doing that i see i i, I don't al- know why i think it's just no go on no go on go on no i was just gonna say like i i've never written this on before in my life so i love i love actually hearing how people i i have no idea how people construct songs that the, the just even the the general thought of like sitting there and making a song i just go like how the fuck do you guys do that like <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, and I guess it all starts with just like a, a mood or an emotion mm. uh, that I'm like, I want to express this as, as like corny or as as that sounds. That's kind of the the genesis of most songs. I'll be like, yeah, if I'm just really frustrated with something in life that I can't really express, I'll say, I'll put it in the music. And even though my music sounds super, you know, upbeat and you, you never think, think that, it, even so, it's still a good outlet to express, express emotions yourself, that yeah. mightn't be yeah exactly do you know actually that kind of leads into the uh the because we're obviously going to talk about al bundy the new single that you released um which is class by the way but it's so it's such a bopper of a song like it's so like nice and fun to listen to but it's very sad like as well yeah (laughs) (laughs) like it's named after a sitcom character and when you when you announced (laughs) that you were releasing it i was just like oh al bundy from married with children i was like isn't he a bit of a bit of a gra- and then i was like oh it's, it's you know it's gonna be and i was listening to it, it's like this sounds really sad like it's a very personal song yeah <laughs> but it's brilliant yeah, it's, but that's, what's, that's what's brilliant about oh, thank it thank you so i'm just wondering if you, you, you want so to talk much. about it for like what like what went into writing and what were the thoughts behind it yeah i guess now that you put it that way i mean i wasn't even that cognizant of that intentionally but i think that kind of reflects my personality in general like Mm. i think i do go through a lot of you know mental struggles but i definitely do uh not cover it up but i just don't like to be a drag so i i always express myself kind of through humor or whatever so i think yeah the song i guess is a reflection of that and as well i just yeah i don't know i always like to i like that duality you know what i mean i think it's good to have both those elements in a song because if a song's just a downer, I think it can be a bit much or it can yeah, be a yeah. little overwrought. Or I but you also don't want to have a song with no like substance or whatever that's just totally 
uh throw away like having mm. fun so yeah i think it's really good to uh like merge those two elements you know yeah and then um the uh music video is coming so today's mother's day by the way if the today we recorded when would the music day is released in two days is it no when? uh Thursday. 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 I, oh, sorry. And you were kind enough to send me a, uh, a version of it. It's it's class is what hilarious. Like, did you shoot it all in your house? Was it? Uh, no. It was the director's mother's friend's house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's odd. <laughs> nice and house what, as well. Nice lovely house. house. Yeah. And what went into making it? Because it's like you're playing all these different characters and all this kind of carry out. Like it's uh, playing as woman makeup on. Like what went into making it? Like the the general idea behind going in with it. Yeah, I guess I gotta give all credit to dire- to the director Dara Gowen. Yeah. Uh, he had some like amazing ideas. And yeah, usually when I, I I'd go and try and get a video done, uh, I'm not I'm I'm much more of an audio person than a visual person. So I have difficulty coming up with ideas for videos. And normally that's been an issue because I think a lot of people directors expect you to have this fully formed vision and oh, then yeah, yeah. they just capture that that's how they see their role but dara was incredible that he's really creative and he had a lot of amazing ideas so uh yeah that was that was kind of just him and me working on working off the sitcom theme yeah lo- it would be good to kind of have me in all the roles <laughs> I, I won't ruin the ending of it but the, that little the credits part had me really that really really funny like even the introducing part of it was, br- <laughs> was brilliant yeah 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 <laughs> that was a nice little twist yeah yeah <laughs> No, because it like and it was it, really fun to shoot. Yeah, it looked fun to shoot. Yeah, and it was it was. I mean, we were. It was difficult as well, just because we had to be as COVID compliant as possible. So it was a crew, and we all had masks on. We we're really mm. strict about staying as far apart in the room as we could be, and uh, like never taking the masks off. So I mean, it was a bit of a pain in the arse at times, but uh, I can imagine. Like yeah. it was overall, it was just a fun shoot, and it was just great to be around people. <laughs> again like it's so rare that you'd be with people in a physical space and be working on the same project you get a real like i forget but like you get a real buzz off that like you really do yeah like jittery just from the excitement do you know it's funny you say because i i recently moved um because i can't i can't work in my room anymore because my laptop that I work, mm. do my designs on is also the laptop that I play, you know, fucking doom on it. So <laughs> I'm too distracted, too distracted. Like I'll be, I'll be literally doing work and then suddenly have to go, uh, oh, you know, like 20 minutes of doom would be pretty fun. So, um, but I, I managed to rent myself out a studio space and sharing it with the friend. Now it is all COVID compliant and all that kind of stuff, but even just walking through and seeing people working and it's just like, it's, it feels weird, but it also makes me want to sit down and go, I'm going to create stuff now because I can see other people actually who aren't my mom and yeah. dad doing stuff. It's, re- it's really yeah. weird seeing people do stuff like <laughs> that you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's definitely true. And yeah, I'd almost like that too, just because I have the exact same issue. Like recently I got a, the, like in the room where I record music, I got a PlayStation in the room <laughs> and it's made me so much less productive because before <laughs> I'd be bored and instantly I'd just be like, oh, I'll do something musical. But now every time I'm bored, my go-to thing is just fire up the PlayStation. It's like, <laughs> this is this is detrimental to my life. I'm getting nothing 
out of this PlayStation. <laughs> and you know what the annoying thing is about <laughs> video games as well is that it's not like you'd play. It's not like a book. You know, you take ten minutes and read a book. Video games mm. take up so much time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you'd you'd be playing. And you don't notice it's you don't notice away. it. <laughs> I remember yeah. like I remember like a friend of mine telling me when Skyrim came out the first time. Like this is just like just an example of like how ridiculous time. He said that. Um, he played it, he got it home, played it, and his mum came into his room at like eight o'clock to uh, ask him that he want dinner. And he had been playing it, he didn't even mm. realise, for seven hours straight. Um, as soon as she oh my broke God. him out of the kind of the the the, the, bubble. the bubble that he was in, he realised that he really mm. needed to go to the bathroom. He was incredibly thirsty, incredibly hungry. And basically all the human needs that you're meant to take care oh of, he God. hadn't done of them because he was just sitting there. Neglected. <laughs> Yeah, video games. Like, video... Wasn't there was there was like a spate of deaths in Korea when StarCraft first came out, right? What? Did you hear about that? It was just yeah, people just got so absorbed by the game that I think <laughs> it was like three Christ. or four deaths just from people neglecting their like needs. Oh my god! Playing StarCraft games are good, but they're not that good. Like <laughs> they're not that good, and that's the thing. I've never been that invested in games. Oh, like, I... I find it hard to really get caught up, but. I like, stream on Twitch, so I can't really talk. I do get very invested in them. But the thing is, like, I'll happily play a game that I've played a hundred times over. I, I don't like starting new stuff. Like, I'm quite happy with, <laughs> content with uh, <laughs> the, What's what I have. What's your go-to game? Oh, at the moment, it's uh, Mortal Shell, which is like um, a Dark Souls. It's a kind of a Dark Soulsy game, but, uh, like, um, mm. but the black metal band Rotting Christ did the music for it. So when you're doing a boss mm. fight and having Rotting Christ oh, play, yeah. it's, yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> what about yourself yeah i love like music like i'm kind of like music in games is the main thing for me like i'm i'm barely i wouldn't call myself a gamer at all i'm very surface level (laughs) but the games that i do like it's always because the music is sick like the skate games or the tony hawk games oh yeah yeah always have like crazy nice soundtracks so i think yeah that's what like gets me into it but even the even like the music that's made for games like any of the old zelda games the music was always brilliant in them Donkey Kong's another example yeah. of great music and Mario as well. We're getting so sidetracked. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's get back to, let's the, get back. to the real issues. So um the next thing I have so you already mentioned uh, Sick Nanny. I was just wondering like you have uh, Burner Records with them. What made you want to start that um collective uh in the, how actually how actually did you get in touch with Sick Nanny and Finch and all them and Marcus um, Woods? Yeah, we all just got in touch through... We were kind of just in the same scene, I guess, mm. uh, of musicians to start with. And yeah, it just kind of was a natural thing. Like, we're, we're more friends to begin with. And we just got along really well. So we're like, oh, we might as well put a like a branding to this friend group or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, that's basically it. I mean, we'd just been doing it. Particularly me and Nick had been doing music together for for at this stage we've been doing music together for years so uh we yeah it just was kind of a natural thing and then for me and nick we're just really close collaborators like every project we do like the other one of us will have some kind of influence like he's kind of my manager Mm. of sorts now uh and then like i'm i always produce for him and he always gives me input on my songs so yeah it's been it's been good to like have a group of other musicians just to kind of bounce ideas off and everything. Yeah. And just the, the de facto label kind of nature of it gives us like, it, it just like gives you more legitimacy, I guess, in the yeah. eyes of other people. 
maybe we don't deserve but uh yeah it just has helped us as a branding thing and a marketing thing it's been really handy yeah and like you're saying with the the label like getting more legitimacy and stuff i was just wondering like what in terms of like the irish scene in music like what do you think of the industry stuff at the moment that's going on in ireland like if there's any is there anything about yeah, it's it really, that really change good. at all or do you think it's that's a good question um that's a really good question yeah uh I mean, obviously, the genre of like hip hop is finally getting a like, bit of way more attention. Yeah, yeah, that it's and like a legitimacy it that it's ever. not like, just it was... disgusting rap. Like it's it's like yeah. it's, it's an actual yeah yeah legitimacy good is, is the perfect yeah. word because yeah like because it was kind of like looked down upon in the two thousands. Like, do you remember the BBC made that documentary about Irish hip hop? Yep, um, that was maybe about ten years ago. Yeah, and that was it was kind of like played as a joke like it was kind of just like look at this ridiculous scene like yeah, these yeah, people like, like why are irish people rapping but it's finally being taken serious but when you say about uh, change about the industry um one thing yeah i guess one thing that i would like to change is just that even just just to get you know a high level of recognition it's definitely still uh, a money thing like you need to invest mm. a lot of money into doing it and yeah, like now I'm in a position because of just COVID, just getting the, the <laughs> three fifty a month. So I have a bit, a bit to invest. But yeah, I definitely think it's unfair. It's unfair that like success in the scene is correlated with how much money you have you to invest in stuff. your own career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, even even so that's something that I, that I changed. But like even speaking to some artists like that I've worked with or that I would know, just hearing about how much stuff has to go into getting even people just to fucking look at the music um, or listen to it or talk about it and stuff. Or, mm-hmm. And then like not to mention marketing wise is just it's the the money level. Oh, for, God. Yeah. For for artists who who like, you know, like it's it's a passion of making music, but it's also a job like but you wouldn't they don't have the, the means to to do what people expect them to like not everybody has fucking 200,000 to fuck away like do you know what I mean exactly yeah. yeah yeah and it's just it's just as well you know things have been democratized just because everybody can put something out but on the other hand it's such a wide pool and because it's been democratized to that extent like when I put something out where the budget is literally nothing mm. uh it's being judged on the same merits as an album that has hundreds of thousands yeah, put like into it so or that can yeah. kind of feel a little bit yeah yeah so that can kind of and, and i'm guilty of doing this this self-comparison thing where i listen to my music and then i'll listen to like i don't know like ariana grande or some hugely expensive record i'm like why doesn't it sound as good but then it's like yeah it's all about just keeping in mind that i mean yeah, they have like- a team of the best in the world yeah like the production levels them, on their know? songs could buy you a house like the amount of money they put into it <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah so i think if there's a way to just democratize i guess it's just the nature of this job i guess just under capitalism your success as a musician is inherently tied with how much you invest in it so hmm. yeah if, if, if i could change anything it would just be making it more just about artistic expression and less about commerce you know yeah i think we can all get behind that (laughs) 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a controversial take, I don't think. Well, I wasn't asking. Okay, wasn't... shoot me, but this is my take. Well, I wasn't asking you to shit on the music industry. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not bigging you up to fall. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it would yeah, be hilarious yeah, yeah. if you went on a shots. massive, horrible rant about everything. Like... <laughs> yeah. And, and another, another thing. thing. <laughs> <twisted> industry. <laughs> so, uh,. <laughs> uh much le- uh, much less kind of uh, in-depth questions so you've done like a good a good collabs so mm. i saw like you even did a collab with uh nilo recently and you had one with tebby rex as well um if you could collab with anyone and we'll, we'll say alive or dead who would it be like anybody at all oh my god that is a really really good question um anyone alive or dead I'd really like to to collaborate with AG Cook. I think. Oh, that'd be fucking going back cool. once again. Go back to Charlie. Back to, to Charlie versus <laughs> <And> PC Music. <laughs> I, I'd love to to collab with AG Cook because I really think he could. I, I I I've tried to emulate in my side project Michael McDonald one some elements of his production, but I just find it really hard to to imitate. And if we're talking dead, of course, I'd love to collaborate with Sophie as well. RIP. Oh Jesus! Yeah, uh, but. I'd love to do something like that. Like I'd love to make just pure pop music, you know. And I think AG I would living and Sophie dead. Love to hear that. <laughs> Good answer. Fun, yeah. I would love to hear that. <laughs> it would be really fun. That would be that would definitely be a dream. And I love AG's hair. If I could could get his hair, his hair that would be excellent too. Yeah, he's got a great hairstyle. <laughs> Does he? I need to give yeah, him another you know, look. Just I was that kind of long. It's just, like long at the back and he's got a, like a bowl cut on the front. Oh, sorry. I know exactly what it. Yeah, I do know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. It's a good style. It is a good style. So, uh, and then, so in, in your opinion, who is the most underrated artist out there? And you can't say yourself or Charlie. <laughs> who is the most underrated artist out there? That's a really, really good question. I mean, in Ireland, there's tons of underrated people. Yeah, Tar- um, Ireland does have a ridiculous amount of underrated. Like even I know, like I go on about metal a lot, but like there's some Irish metal bands that are just insanely good. But anyway, yeah. Who? So who? Yeah. Do you think? I'm. There's a band. I oh number one. I would say was I love Republic of Loose. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he's such a talented man, and I think that they definitely deserved a lot more international acclaim. I think they did really well on Irish radio. But I definitely would have liked to have seen them do well. And then Whipping Boy, the Irish band as well. I don't know uh, them, good. actually. They got the Jules Holland, I think. They're kind of shoegazy, like oh, similar lovely. enough to My Bloody Valentine, but like way more upfront vocals. Um, they'd be two bands. In the hip-hop scene, there's just tons of talented people. Uh, Rebel P, Rebel Phoenix, he's one who's really talented rapper uh, who I think deserves more acclaim. And then, uh, yeah, just like... I know you said I can't say myself, but I definitely do think my label mates of Burner Records, I, th- I do think we deserve a little bit more shine. We get some good, good review, but I mean, like on an international stage, I'd like to see see more. But I'd say my number one would be Republic of Loose. I think they're incredibly talented. Do you know Republic of Loose was the first gig that I actually paid to go see? Um, Hell yeah. Where, where was it? Uh, was it in the RDS or something? They were doing some. It was well, some at event. The music show. It was some music show event. That, but I remember. I remember watching them anyway. I think I was there as well. And they had a song called uh, "I Love the Police," and they were singing it. And as oh, soon yeah. as they started singing it, there was a guy that I was with who kept shouting "Fuck the police" while your man was trying to sing it. 
And um, I don't think Mick Pyro was enjoying <laughs> that uh, at all. No, like. <laughs> but also it's like the the song the the song is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they're they're. He's agreeing with them. <laughs> no, but it was the fact that he was while he was trying to sing it, there was just some guy in the crowd going, Fuck the police! Just some like, guy like Fuck. some fucking twelve year old like just shouting at him like <laughs> some kid, yeah. <laughs> I think I was at that concert as well. Uh, it was very enjoyable, yeah. It was very enjoyable. Uh, and yeah, Mick Pyro is such like not, not I mean you wouldn't initially maybe think think it, but he's very intelligent guy in interviews. And he's really, really insightful and knowledgeable about music. I've gotten to speak to him like on two occasions. One occasion was in Whelan's. Um, I was with a friend of mine and he was there and we just started chatting away. And he chatted to me for about 15 minutes about what he thinks of heavy metal music. And it was one of them. And like, he, you mm. know, he had a few drinks in him and he was unbelievably articulate and just really, really well spoken about what he was mm. talking about. It was really, really, really good. But what, um, were, what was his opinion? He was basically he saying, I, I, don't wanna, I, don't, uh, I don't want to put exact words in his mouth, but, but basically what yeah, he was getting yeah. at was he goes, he was saying that he loves like Megadeth and stuff. And he was saying that um, it's an mm. incredibly technical and amazing music. But he said the one big issue that he has with it is that uh, there's, there's still to this day a lot of sexism in it, which I'm not going to uh, disagree with. Absolutely, there definitely yeah. is. And he's saying he doesn't like the elitism of it as well. That some metalheads have, like it's yeah, metal, metal, true, yeah. metal or nothing. That was basically what he was saying about it. But it was, it was, it was a class conversation. I and the whole time I was sitting there just going, "Oh my god, I'm talking to Mick Pyro!" <laughs> like the whole, I have this thing yeah, where when I meet, when I meet, him. when I meet famous people, like or like even like and even even like bands, musicians, and stuff. Um, I always fucking freeze up and can't stop talking. Uh, I either can't stop talking or can't talk at all, like at all. <laughs> yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember, Did you uh, hear that? Oh, no, go on. No, I was, I was just gonna say like, um, I remember years ago, um, I was at download festival and Randy Bly from Lama God had just gotten out of prison. He was in a Czech Republic prison, uh, oh, yeah. for he, some kid tried to push him on stage and he, he pushed him. The, the kid fell and mm. died, but, uh, he was doing a book signing at it. And my girlfriend at the time, like, I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to meet Randy Bly. Holy shit. And she was just like, calm down. And I was just like, do you know who he is? And she was like, it doesn't, he's just a guy. I was like, do you know who he is? He's, he's, he's in Lamb of God. He's the singer. And uh, she was just like, fuck yeah. it. I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first. And, mm. and it'll be fine. It'll be perfectly fine. And I was like, okay. So she goes up yeah. and she's like, Hey, nice to meet you. Love your band. Um, can't wait to see your set later or something along those lines. And he goes, Oh, cool. What was mm. your name? And she goes, whatever. And then, um, he goes, all right, cool. Hope to see you in the pit later. Uh, looking forward to it. And then, and she, go, and then she turns back and looks at me and goes, see, not that bad. Is it? Then I go up. <laughs> and uh, I can't say anything for about a minute. Like I'm just standing in front of him for like a minute, no, dumbfounded. No. And he just kind of goes, well, and then I repeated verbatim <laughs> what she had just said. And he goes, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he, he doesn't, he, he kind of just looks at me and kind of goes like, oh, okay. And he just, he hands me the book and he just goes, smooth, oh, man, no. real smooth. And I walk away. <laughs> really? Yeah, he said smooth, yeah. And what he, an he goes, asshole. real smooth. But, uh, and, and I walk, I was like 17, I think, 18. 
but That's uh so rude, no it was 19 oh, 19 man. i think no it wasn't like he wasn't doing it in a rude he wasn't doing it in a rude way but i like he was smirking when he said it but i walked away yeah. and i was just going like fuck yeah i met randy blind i nailed that whole meeting <laughs> <laughs> and Hell uh yeah. and what was it uh and uh, the guy behind me who met him and then the, my girlfriend at the time he just, just said just, the exact same like, script we're just like no you didn't that went awful like <laughs> <laughs> oh man i just think those those meet and greet things like no oh. matter who it is the power dynamic is always really intimidating <laughs> oh it's super intimidating like i remember meeting the used and when i got my photo taken um my hands were shaking so much that all the photos were blurry like <laughs> and i couldn't again i couldn't speak oh, no. the one time Actually, I remember meeting, and I've met a few, Download is great for meeting bands because they do the whole meet and greet thing. Uh, meeting, I remember meeting Escape the mm. Fate were the nicest people in the world. Uh, really, really lovely. But oh, I remember yeah. meeting a band who, for whatever reason, um, when I went up and said, hi, my name is Barra, she goes, oh, we Barra from Ireland and did a jig. <laughs> and I, and I, really, no. I really liked the band. I won't name and shame them, but I really liked the band. Oh, um, no. Uh, but uh, <laughs> after that I could never listen to them I was like did you actually just do a fucking Irish jig at me yeah, like <laughs> you hate crimed me <laughs> I- <laughs> a download festival <laughs> you hate crimed me <laughs> that's so twisted uh, oh my god what, why do why do people think that that's a polite <laughs> thing to do but they even like they even the, the, the add on the like we barra from Ireland and like the accent and the I was like and the funny thing was I will oh, say this her no. bandmates did look at her going like what are you doing like that was so yeah. inappropriate <laughs> yeah. oh no I've had like a lot of meeting yeah just meeting people through playing music you really do it's like the impression you get from the music never really matches how they are as people yeah yeah, yeah. like i was really into i was really into like he may have just been having a bad day or whatever but i used to be like such a big fan of open mike eagle do you know him oh yeah, yeah 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 i was like a number one super fan and then we supported him in the sugar club and like I don't know. Didn't he was just true. a little bit standoffish or whatever. Like after we did the show, we were like, can we get a picture? And he just walked off and didn't say anything. We we're like, oh, he <laughs> must be a no. And then he just came back like 15 minutes later. and was just like, yeah, picture. <laughs> we were like, oh, what? <laughs> he sounds so friendly in the music. Do you know? No, I mean, he may have just been having a bad day. Do you know what? Who I, am I to judge? You know, you might have just been having a bad day. Like I remember meeting health um in the sh- in the uh, grand oh, social health. health are fucking uh, re- uh, mm. that would be my take for a re- super Incredible. underrated band actually um especially the mixtape that they did that's, this that's year that's very true yeah but um i i got to meet them but uh, i met them at the end of the at the end of the show and i was really 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 drunk by this point and they were they they didn't have a merch guy i think the gig was like one of these ones that was basically like they're on their way back to the states let's put a date in for dublin just so mm. that we can just have dublin like but um, your man was at the merch stand and doing the merch and I was just like, oh my God, I love your band. I love your band. Like, it's just, I've been waiting to see you guys for like 10 years. Holy shit. Like ever since you did that collab with Alice Glad. And, <laughs> and the guy just went, dude, seriously, I'm not, I'm not. Like they, they just finished their show, by the way. He just went, dude, mm. seriously, can you just buy a t-shirt? <laughs> no <laughs> Because like, I was talking the whole thing. He's, it, it was something like, yeah, 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 cool. He's like, are you going to buy a t-shirt? And I just went, okay, I'll get oh, that. I'll man. get that one. And I picked this one out and I went up to my friend. I was like, what do you think? Because it had this like red design on it. But the 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 mm. the text was mirrored. 
on the front of it. And he goes, do you know what that T-shirt yeah. says? And I was like, no. And he goes, it says, don't kill yourself, but it's mirrored. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, my I was like, God. I, can't, I can't wear that. And then I turned around <laughs> yeah. and I turned around and he and my friend just went, oh, my God. It's even bigger on the back. It's the whole back of the T-shirt no. says, don't kill yourself. And uh, I remember uh-huh. I, I, I wore it. Terrible design. You can't wear it. And I remember it was on the it was on the clothesline one time. <laughs> it was on the clothesline one time and my dad just went, um, I could see my dad like looking at it. He goes, what does that T-shirt say? He says, don't kill yourself. He goes, that is, that's, you're, you have a T-shirt that promotes suicide. I was like, no, it, it, it says, don't kill yourself. I just I haven't worn it's it ever since. Like, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's against it. <laughs> the one that's strange merch right there. All their well, merch. I do. They are such a good band. Yeah. Well, all their merch is like don't hurt yourself. You know that song? Do drugs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh hell yeah. yeah. Do you know, you know that song? Got there that uh, picture plane did the remix of. That's really good. Yeah, um, they did a really good cover of uh, Blue Monday, actually, by um, New New Order. Oh, yeah, I heard that, actually. For Atomic Blonde. Do you know, They're it's just, a great shout for an underrated band. They, yeah, I, I, I've been listening to them now since since they did the collab with, uh, that collaboration song with Crystal Castles years ago. Um, and mm. just have loved them ever since, because they're just, they're just, there's no band that sounds like them. In my opinion, anyway. That's true, yeah. Do you know, just one more thing about the yeah. about the meeting artists who don't represent. I remember, like, what they're like. I remember going to a show with a person who's never been to a metal gig before, ever. And I brought her to see uh, Full of Hell with Unyielding Love, where's the support. Two extremely caustic, mm. kind of grindy death bands. Just the most heaviest shit in the world. And they're, yeah. like... When they finished, when they when they were finishing their set, like the, their songs are like a minute long, and when they're finishing their set, the guy was like, "You got two, you got two more minutes left," and he was like, uh, "Oh shit, okay, so we've time for two more songs. Uh, first song's about killing your parents. Next song's about killing your friends. One, two, three. <laughs> like that was like, like super, just extremely heavy, yeah. heavy stuff. But, <laughs> but when they came off the stage, I got it. And then for for for. That type of band, like two songs is like 30 seconds. Oh yeah, 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, and, it, and it's just <laughs> with the kind of the whole time, like, but um, when they came off, I got to speak to them and they were so, they were like, oh my God, thank you guys for coming to the gig. That was so nice. Like, they were just like, so cool. And I was like, yeah, and this is my friend. She's never been to a metal gig before. And he goes, wow. He goes, and you went to see us? He goes, that's intense. Good on you. Like, <laughs> and he goes, do you guys want a photo? Yeah. And we were like, yeah. Like the nicest guy in the world. Oh, nice. <laughs> Couldn't be like yeah. more re- further away from what they play. Like, <laughs> We really got along with uh, Wiki. We supported him, you know, from oh, the guy from Oh, Yeah, yeah. He was really nice. Yeah, we, we supported him. That was the last gig we did before COVID. It was like Finch on support. So me and Sick Nanny kind of joined in or whatever. And uh, yeah, he was just such a nice guy. And he was exactly like he knew he's, I think his one of his parents is Irish. So he knew so much about Ireland. Oh, he's that's got like cool. the strongest New York accent in the world. <laughs> He's just like, yo, the troubles up north, man, was crazy, man. <laughs> and then he was like, what else did he say? He kept saying, oh, yeah, he was talking about, have you heard that book, Say Nothing, about no. the troubles? I can't remember the name of the author, but it was no. like a really well-received book. And he was like, yo, man, I just read that book, Say Nothing. <laughs> Shit was crazy, son. <laughs> I was like, this is excellent. What a good interaction. Do you know who apparently knows a, a ton of Irish history? Rapper, uh, Immortal Technique apparently is obsessed Ooh. with Irish history. Yeah, that would make sense just because he's like a leftist, I guess. He'd yeah. probably be into 
any kind of colonized people's struggle. Mm. And uh, he, he did some great practice in his day, too, by putting Lin-Manuel Miranda in a bin. What? They were in the same secondary school, and a mortal technique was Lin-Manuel Miranda's bully. No way, really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I mean, look, I don't condone bullying, but we all want to put Lin-Manuel Miranda in the bin at times. That guy is very annoying. <laughs> I, still haven't, very annoying. I still haven't seen Hamilton, but... Um, but like I've, I'm just not going to watch it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so- I just can't, he just—he's just there's something viscerally irksome about him. It's the same with the teacher from Glee, Mr. Schuster. Oh, Mr. Schuster. Those yeah. two guys—they're inoffensive people, but there's just something really like they enraging. Are really about lovely. Them. Like I remember seeing Lin-Manuel Miranda on Conan O'Brien, like the Conan show. I like I watch Conan all the time, mm. and generally I love the guests. But he just starts rapping. Up, well, he just starts rapping at one point. I—I I don't know why. I was just like, just please shut up. <laughs> yes, just that's a great. That's a, I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, Conan, I think, is the, the number one US talk show host. I uh, like Craig Ferguson in his day, but I think Conan's the goat. Oh, Craig Ferguson was brilliant as well. Literally, uh, I'm huge, huge, huge Conan fan. If I could have anybody on uh, to chat to on this podcast, it'd, it'd probably be Conan O'Brien. To be honest. Like in terms of like not like not Irish oh, people, yeah. I just I I love Conan. I think he's amazing. Like, but um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but like I hate Jimmy Fallon. I <laughs> Kimmel, I can take or leave. But Conan, he's just he's naturally funny. Like I don't think Jimmy Fallon is a funny person. No, really. he just that Conan's improv thing skills. As well. He can make any. Yeah, Conan can make any interaction entertaining. I think. Have you listened to Conan's podcast? I listened to it a bit ages ago, but I, I never fully got into it. Like I should definitely yeah, it's pretty check good. it out. You should check it out. It's it's pretty good. But uh, I so oh my final question for you, Jake. That Jesus, the time flew by on that. Um, oh damn! Yeah, I know. <laughs> what <laughs> uh, what do you enjoy most about making the art that you make? That's a good. That's a good question. Uh, there's a lot that I definitely don't enjoy about it. <laughs> Not to be negative, <laughs> but just. As I say, like the the obsessive element, especially after I put it out, like it, it, there's a lot of torment and just being like, it's not perfect. Mm. But uh, and I'm kind of in that mood now, so I, I definitely have a more negative outlook on it than usual. But what I do enjoy most about it, I guess it's just like self-expression. And it's the kind of thing that I love the progression of it. Like every release I put out, I can see the improvement each time. So yeah. I guess it's like anything. It's almost like a sport or just any kind of hobby where you're you're improving over the years it's nice to see like progression and, and growth in yourself so i think that's probably my favorite element of it awesome so yeah we'll leave it there then man that's been great fun uh just for for anybody to check hey, you out where can they so check much. your stuff yeah absolutely i'm just on all the usual social media spots uh my name on instagram is local underscore boy 3000 and then on Twitter, I think I'm just localboy3000. I got the, the better got, username on it. Twitter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can just check me out on Spotify, on YouTube, on the usual streaming platform. So just localboy on any of them. All right. And also, if you want to email me any questions, it's the whoartthoutpodcast at gmail.com or Instagram. But uh, thanks very much, man, for coming on. That was class. And we'll chat hey, later. No problem. Thanks for having me, Barrett. All right, man. See you later. Hey, thanks, Barrett. Bye-bye.